Hi, and welcome to the Human Side of Business podcast. I'm Angie Cabe, CEO and co-founder of Intuity Performance. I'm a performance coach, HR professional, whole person leadership facilitator, and your host. The Human Side of Business podcast is fueled by the genuine curiosity to understand how personal characteristics and skills can be leveraged to drive individual and team performance, tangible outcomes, and ultimately organizational success within business. Each podcast is devoted to sharing knowledge, expanding our learning edges, and exploring the trends in corporate culture towards growing the emotional intelligence of organizations. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and a warm welcome to the Elevate Business Podcast. Both myself, Angie McCabe, and Scott Russ are your hosts. We have the pleasure of introducing you to Leslie Allen, Executive Director of Win House, an Edmonton women's shelter committed to providing safety, support, relief, and resources for abuse victims. As a 35-year veteran in the non-for-profit sector and originally from Manitoba, Leslie has worked in the domestic violence, immigration, and disability sectors, developing teams and building capacity in various organizations. Hi, Leslie. We're so excited to have you here at the Elevate Business Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Ange. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. I'm doing well. We're excited to hear uh, a bit about your background, Leslie, in the sense of uh, your company, uh, Winhouse. And the role is uh, essentially that you're playing there, as well as your leadership journey. Okay, for sure. Where would you like to start? Uh, let's start a little bit with regards to your leadership journey that led you up to Winhouse. Sure, absolutely. So um, I've been in the not-for-profit sector for, for longer than I care to <laughs> care to say, um, more than 35 years. And um, out of that 35 years, about 20 of them has been in senior leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, I've usually been playing in the sandboxes of disabilities, um, immigration, and domestic violence. Um, out of the three of them, domestic violence is definitely my passion. I grew up in a family where there was domestic violence. So I can really relate to the individuals that we're serving and really understand a part of their journey, uh, particularly particularly the kids, because, you know, um, a lot of times they are the forgotten people um, in domestic violence situations. So, um, so yeah, so I, um, like I said, I've been in the sector for a very, very long time in, in senior leadership. Um, in, uh, I, I've got a degree from the University of Manitoba in uh, general arts. And then um, a couple of years ago, I decided to, uh, you know, the sector has changed a lot over the years and has become more complex. And there is a new philosophy about running it like a business now, instead of, you know, just basically mm. sort of leaning back and expecting governments to fund you or, you know, donors to be knocking on your door. So I decided to take my MBA in community economic development at Cape Breton, mm-hmm. um, which really kind of set me on a very different trajectory. So I really, um, I learned a lot <clears throat> throughout that whole course um, and have been able to successfully apply it to my job as an executive director. So I was lucky enough to get the job here at Winhouse about a, oh just a little over a year ago. And uh, yeah, we've had lots of different challenges. We've basically got a brand new leadership team. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of been an exciting journey and lots of lots have happened in the last year. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. 
No, I can imagine, Leslie. Now, I really appreciate you sharing a little bit about your background and what was drawn you to to Winhouse, you know, and, and the support you're seeking to provide others. And I, I'm really curious about the, the new leadership team because it's mm-hmm. something that, like, okay, so you're almost starting with like a fresh slate, and you're saying, okay, what, what were your intentions around supporting this team, and did you take time to think about like how how you wanted to develop them further and what you wanted to get out of that team? Uh, moving forward and did they have any any part in actually cultivating what that might look like yeah sure yeah it, it, you know um it's it's a blessing and sometimes a curse to have to start with a brand new leadership team um and and in this case um actually it ended up really being a blessing so i was able to sort of sort of hand pick those individuals um with the traits and the uh, experience that i thought was really important um and you know i i recognized that that most of them were coming in um not necessarily at a leadership level um, and have to be coached and supported to sort of really understand what that what that looks like. You know, again, in the not-for-profit sector, um, only the, the organizations that have a significant budget can usually get to the point where you can actually have a leadership team. So um, I was really lucky to be able to do that uh, prior to me being here. Uh, the, there really was not a leadership team. There was the executive director and then a few managers. Um, mm-hmm. Um, so this was very new for the organization, but it's really beginning to pay off that we've got these individuals um, here and doing great work. I'm really excited to hear that and excited for you as well, Leslie. Over the past year since the leadership team has kind of been uh, mobilized or initialized, um, what have you noticed with regards to the growth of your leaders? You know, it's really funny because. Um, you know, working with a leadership team is very, very different than, let's say, having managers under you or mm. let's say, you know, having a staff of 12 and all of you are working. Yeah. And I think the biggest challenge has been just even that identification of teamwork. So, you know, we first had to really come to grips with the whole idea of are we individuals working together or are we a team? Because mm. very different and no right or wrong with either one of them, but um, you know, my, my focus was let's, let's be a team because I think that that's the best thing for the organization. Um, and, and that was a real switch for, for you, there's four, uh, people on my leadership team besides myself. Um, and, uh, it, it's, it's been a struggle for every single one of them and even including myself, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you, you tend to learn to work on your own and do your own thing. And all of a sudden now you're being introduced to four other people. Um, and I really try to encourage everybody <laughs> has responsibility for everything that's happening here in this organization. So, you know, my director of finance is also responsible for the operations of the shelters. Um, my the shelter operation, uh, director of shelter operations is responsible for fundraising. So we have like that sort of joint um, responsibility in the organization. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's, that's a bit of a struggle because again, people really like their autonomy. They like to be able to make decisions quickly. Um, and, and that may not necessarily be conducive to a team or really taking a look at how that might affect other team members. Mm-hmm. There's so much that comes up for me there. I'm really excited <laughs> um, about this type of conversation because there's all these, I guess, intersects of things like 
uh, Leslie, how does that impact your own leadership style? And, and how have you learned to, to show up for your team members to support them in this growth pattern? And then the other thought process of, you know, what types of conversations should be happening regularly as a leadership team is growing together to identify moving from that individual contributor to leadership team capacity um, and, and I guess, actions. And then the third thing that came up for me was, you know, how do we continuously support the leaders at Windhouse to ensure that they're they're growing so that they can flex those different leadership styles and, and be able to um, operate for that quote unquote collective good. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, first question was, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's a lot. It's a lot to unpack. That's why I said my mind's going everywhere. Just a lot of question. Yeah, exactly. Um, definitely not the coach approach. That's for sure, Leslie. So my first question was like, as you're, as you're observing and as you're working with your leaders to assist them with that gelling period, you know, how's that impacted your own leadership style? What have your epiphanies been? Yeah, you know, certainly becoming a leader um, and, you know, looking at, at your own personal style is constantly evolving. Mm. And, you know, when I started sort of in, in the sector and had my first leadership job as an executive director, it was still at a time where there was a lot of emphasis on managing. So, you know, you were a manager, you, it was top down, it was, you know, um, you sort of had all the power and all of the, the decision making power at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, as time has gone on, the shift in philosophy has happened. And, and for, in my opinion, for the good, um, you know, that where we're looking more at inclusivity, we are looking at um, servant leadership, uh, we are looking at, you know, bringing people along instead of pushing them along, it's sort of bringing them along. Um, and, you know, having having that type of a platform and being able to, to not only build it in myself, but to also build it in others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And the the second question that came up for me was, you know, how are you how are you putting in supports um, to help your your leaders kind of grow and gel together? Yeah, well, that was a really interesting journey. So um, when I started in the organization, there there was a lot of significant challenges um, within the organization. Um, so you know, it was. I was kind of on my own. Um, we, the director of finance has been here for a while, but she really didn't have a lot to do with shelter operations or, or um, you know, kind of beyond just doing sort of the finances. Um, so, you know, the first thing I really had to do is take a really quick evaluation of, of the organization and decide where I wanted to start. So my first first hire on the leadership team um, was a director of human resources um, because that was sort of the area that we had to really take a, a good look at. Mm-hmm. So then the two of us began to work together. Um, in the meantime, I was recognizing that there was budgetary um, responsibilities that needed to be done. And I recognized we really needed to have a very strong development team. So then I hired the, the um, director of um, of, uh, development, sorry. And then, um, and then after that, the director of, of shelter operations. Um, so, you know, when we all finally came together, which was in August, which was, was when the director of shelter operations came on, um, 
we begin to meet as a leadership team and we, you know, after kind of getting to know one another, getting to know the organization, we were able to sit down and make up a list of priorities. Mm. So, you know, everybody just sort of just spilled out whatever they thought was, was a priority with, within the leadership team. And um, then we begin to say, okay, let's pick the top three and let's start working with that, that top three. So one of the things that we were looking at was a reorganization. Mm-hmm. And um, the other one was team development. So we really came to the point of going, okay, so which one is going to take priority? Because both of them are have a lot of heavy lifting in it. Right. So we we decided to do the restructuring first and then do the team building afterwards. And in hindsight, I don't know if that was actually a really good decision to make. Um, you know, I, I recognize that we really had to get in there and, and do this restructuring for, for the sake of the organization, but it was at the cost of us taking the time to actually build as a team. Mm. So, you know, so we've, we've kind of now restructuring has happened. We've all kind of settled down um, and we are now able to actually engage with some facilitators who are mm. helping us through the the whole process of building our team, um, you know, looking at things like, uh, you know, disc profiles and sharing that. Um, We're also working through the book of uh, the five dysfunctions of leadership team and, Mm -hmm. you know, working, working through some of those elements, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. particularly around the trust um, and, and the siloing and, you know, doing that type of work. So I think we're beginning to gel better as, as a leadership team, but like I said, in hindsight, I think I would have done it in reverse because by the time we actually got through the restructuring and we were on the other side of it, um, there was some collateral damage, you know, because mm-hmm. people were not necessarily working as effectively with each other as they could. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate you being vulnerable, Leslie, and, and identifying that and, and taking that step back and saying that, you know, in hindsight, uh, you know, maybe we shouldn't have put the task first, but we rather should have put our people first, or our team first. And I, I don't think you're alone. I mean, it's so easy, especially in an organization to say, well, these are the things we need to do. We need to prioritize these first. But at times, I think to your point or to your stories, well, taking that step back to actually help teams come together, help them gel together, will actually get those tasks and get those projects done more effectively and in a way that doesn't um, create friction, we'll, we'll call it, uh, towards the end of it and has the team coming aligned and bringing things forward. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, definitely. And so when it comes to your leadership style, kind of switching gears a little bit, mm-hmm. how has it been impacted by this rapidly changing environment? Um, you know, it's, I constantly have to do check-ins with myself and, you know, make sure that I am on the right track as far as, as, you know, where I actually want to go with the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, really push against the resistance of making really quick decisions that are going to impact my team without my, without taking the time to get my team's input. Mm. So, you know, there, like I said, there's, there's a a lot of changes that have to happen where we are going through an incredibly big cultural shift. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and sometimes things happen that, you know, you've kind of got to address right away, but in my estimation, it, it is good to maybe slow down, 
think about it and and then then proceed versus like okay like I'm a fixer so it's like here you go here's the solution let's just move on from here and um, unfortunately and and I've been told you kind of if you have that type of philosophy you sometimes leave bodies in your wake as you're going and and making these decisions so I'm constantly checking in with myself and saying okay who's going to be affected by this decision and have I do it have I consulted with them um, to the point where where I feel that I've gotten their buy-in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's fantastic, Leslie. And I know we talked a little bit offline about you know meeting your team where you're at uh, and helping them better understand their their motivators, recognizing that you know each team member might be motivated differently and might need different support um, from their leadership or from you more specifically. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that what that looks like at Windhouse? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, we all come with our own styles and, you know, our own ways of doing things. And I do think it's incredibly important to meet teams where each individual where they're at. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, one of our leadership team has not really come in with any type of, of skills um, around having to work in a team environment. You know, she, she's been very... Um, very isolated throughout her career. She's kind of just gone ahead. She's done her own thing. So it's now sort of bringing that person on and doing those types of skills Um, and, and, you know, really helping her develop those types of skills. Um, For the, uh, you know, for for others, it might be, you know, trying to get a a coach for them because that's an incredibly important thing as you're Mm. going through your leadership journey Mm -hmm. is to ensure you've got somebody who you can kind of lean in on and just say like hey you know how are things like this is what I'm thinking can you help me sort of get through this and and really think this out and talk this out because Mm -hmm. you know I recognize we can be incredibly blinded as a team to some of the things that happen and to have that person from the outside really, really helps. But yeah, I I really do feel it's incredibly important to really get to know your team, get to know, um, get to know what they want to do. Number one, Um, number two, uh, you know, also be looking at this through a performance lens, you know, is there something that we can be doing to help you um, in, in, upping your performance or helping you uh, when you're struggling to be able to get that support. Mm-hmm, definitely. And, and I think you said uh, a few well-rounded things there, Leslie, in the sense of looking at that whole person for kind of using your words, upping their performance. And that's by way of lending them knowledge through facilitation, you know, having access to coaches so that they can have some individual work, um, you know, and moving the bars through aha moments or, you know, even knowledge to action. Uh, and then it sounds like also to internal systems being further set up and, and massaged so that, you know, it's, it's looking at all aspects of their performance. And that's fantastic. What, I guess, what has been the thing that you have found most successful in assisting your leadership team shifting their mindsets? Um, I, I think us meeting regularly, um, you know, uh, we, we've, we've taken um, a page um, out of the book. I'm just trying to think death by meetings, I think that's what it's called, Um, (laughs) where, you know, it it talks about meetings and and how you can be communicating to ensure that you're communicating well. So, you know, uh, one of them is a daily check-in, then you do a weekly tactical, which is like two minutes 
get everything out on the table. Um, can't say a word. Just every person has that two minutes. And then you can ask questions about what, what's being said. And then having a, a, a full day strategic meeting once a month so that you can really, you've kind of got all of the tasks out of the way. Now you can stop and you can really be looking at things strategically, which I think here, particularly in the not-for-profit sector, but it may also be in the, the for-profit sector, yeah. we don't tend to carve out that time where we get so wrapped up with tasks that we forget mm-hmm. about being strategic. So, um, you know, I've really appreciated that, uh, you know, from that. So that's, you know, one of the things that we certainly have used. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm recognizing a, a theme of uh, being very intentional, uh, mm-hmm. whether it be with team development, yes. whether it be with how are we doing meetings, whether it be, well, how can we support each other? Uh, there's really this theme of being intentional with uh, with bringing the team together uh, and everything along those lines. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I, you know, I, we, we do have the motto here of everything is, is intentional. So if a decision mm. is made, so, you know, it's sort of like, have, have you don't make rash decisions, make intentional decisions. And then if we're looking at things strategically, those intentional decisions very easily roll out of uh, out of those types of decisions. So knowing the, the organization's values and, and ensure, you know, again, a really good um, uh, bookmark to be able to say, am I making a good decision? Look, mm. take a look at your values. Is it in line with your values? Then it's probably a good decision. If it's not, <laughs> then no, you don't make that decision. So <laughs> it's kind of having some of those tools. So it, uh, yeah, I tend to be very process oriented. And um, so all of these different tools really help me navigate the whole world of leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really enjoy that too, in the sense of, you know, not just bringing in that new ideas or functions for your leaders, but rather having a North Star within your organization to kind of do a, a litmus or a check test um, based on decision making. And that's wonderful. And so as you start to think forward for, for the next coming months across 2022, um, what things do you have kind of in mind for your leadership team as to uh, further furthering the success? Mm-hmm. So um, one of the big projects we've got uh, going on right now is developing a strategic plan with our board of directors. Um, so that is going to be a big one. Uh, the organization had a strategic plan, but it kind of was more like a work plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I've worked with the board in in sort of identifying um, how we can go about this. And, uh, you know, they, they're very much on board that the strategic plan is going to be the way to go. Um, so again, we'll be looking at our mission and our vision and our values and, and making sure that we've got those down solid and, and then we can start looking at pillars and actually, you know, looking at the strategic direction. So um, that's that's always a great place too for new leaders to, to be involved in that process. Um, mm-hmm for many different reasons. They can bring different perspectives. Um, They have to live with those decisions. So, you know, always invite the people who have to live with it to the table, Um, you know. um, So, yeah, so so that's one of the big projects. The other one, um, which, again, I'm really excited about is there's there's a definite... 
push in the not-for-profit sector to be looking at different streams of funding. Mm. And uh, there right now, again, is is a lot of um, emphasis, particularly through the federal government. There's quite a bit of money being put aside for uh, the development of social enterprises. So Mm. that is something that we are going to begin to start talking about and trying to see how we can incorporate that into our existing model, what makes sense. Um, and how we can, uh, you know, be able to bring in another stream of income that is not totally reliant on the government. Mm -hmm. I just want to say kudos to you, Leslie, for really implementing like a a forward-thinking approach to your not to win house and implementing tools and things that are used in the for-profit world and the same in the non-for-profit world and just really looking at leveraging everything that you have at your disposal uh, to be able to help lead the organization forward. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I guess as we're kind of coming to a close here, uh, we always like to ask our participants, what are a few words of inspiration that you would want the world to hear? Oh, inspiration. There's so many. Um, um, <laughs> I, I would be take it slow, be thoughtful, and be intentional. Mm, I like that. Take it slow, be thoughtful, and be intentional. That's fantastic. I can see that in uh, written on the wall somewhere. <laughs> um, so Leslie, tell our subscribers um, a little bit of the top services that Windhouse provides and where to find you. Yeah, so we're based in uh, Edmonton, Alberta. Uh, we are a women's women's violence shelter. Um, it does not necessarily have to be domestic violence. It could be a woman experiencing any type of, of violence. And again, it's sort of that whole terminology around women. Um, mm-hmm. We are really taking an intentional look at that. Like now, who is a woman, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and who are we actually serving? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so we have three different shelters. Two of them are emergency shelters, which women come in right out of a domestic vi- or out of a violent situation into our shelters, and they have you know sort of the, the roof and and food and and everything provi- provided for them. And also, um, we have. Uh, crisis intervention workers who help them find different resources in the community so that mm-hmm. after the 21 days, they've maybe found housing or they've, you know, gotten into an employment program or whatever their needs are at. And then we have a second stage shelter. Um, it's a, it's a small, it's a small place, but um, we, we're the only shelter in Canada that specifically caters to individuals who are new Canadians who do not have their permanent resident residency. So if you don't have your permanent residency, you cannot apply for different types of government support. Um, okay. So it's putting them into a really different type of category. Mm-hmm. So we deal with, with new Canadians and also um, individuals who have been human trafficked. Mm. So, um, you know, we're really sort of up on, on what's happening in those two fields and, you know, really helping out. So, yeah, so, so that's sort of a little bit of what Windhouse does. We're, of course, 24 hours, seven days a week, 365 days a year, um, which presents its challenges. But, you know, uh, we need to be there, you know, whenever the crisis happens. So, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. We really enjoyed your leadership insights and hearing about the wonderful things that you're doing at Windhouse. We're going to provide a link to your company's profile on the Elevate Business Podcast title page. Take good care. Thank you. And thanks so much for this opportunity. Our pleasure.
Thanks for listening to the Human Side of Business podcast. I'm glad you could join us. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to stay updated with our latest content, make sure to visit our website. The link can be found in the episode description where you can subscribe to the podcast, sign up for our newsletter and learn more about our whole person leadership services. Sounds interesting? Explore the whole person leadership cohort by Intuity Performance, a unique program that offers unparalleled support to managers on every step of their leadership journey. Our program features evidence-based assessments, workbooks, group coaching, and interactive learning experiences to help you level up your leadership skills. Reach out today to apply to one of our upcoming cohorts. Until next time, take care and stay curious.